Good morning, Gateway Church. Thank you for joining us today via this video message. Um, please continue uh, to view our video messages each Sunday at www.gatewayli.org. Also, if you're able to give, you can give through our church webpage at the same, www.gatewayli.org, or use your financial institution's bill pay or send your checks to our church office at 50 Walcott Road, Levittown, New York, 11756. Thank you for your financial help with this ministry. Um, as we always start our services, a few important items before we begin. Um, the following, the, which is obvious, the following uh, groups will not meet until further notice. Uh, ladies' prayer, the midweek prayer, men's Bible study, Bible school, and the Gateway Kids Club. Um, Sunday morning worship also uh, will not meet, obviously, until uh, further notice. But please continue to watch um, and view these messages um, on our website. Um, just as a note, the small group meetings are meeting via Zoom from a participant's homes on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let's pray. James 4, 13 through 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it's a sin. Father, we should always look to our life circumstances and things around us and try and determine what you're trying to teach us, how you're trying to re reinforce um, your will with us. Um, we speak of plans um, that we have in the future. Uh, we talk more of what we'll do more than what you'll do. As your scripture tells us, life is a vapor like a morning mist that soon vanishes. So life is short and uncertain, with no guarantees about tomorrow, let alone 10 years from now. Because life is a vapor, we should humble ourselves before you and obey your will. If our future is guided by hope in Christ and trust in your will, there is comfort knowing that that can never be taken from us. Lord, give us the wisdom and boldness to live today for you and trust you for tomorrow. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Uh, good morning and welcome to Gateway Church. We're thankful that you could join us via video this morning. Uh, we hope things are going well with you. I want to take just a few minutes to address the issue that's forcing us to meet apart. Uh, but uh, we hear that most of you are doing pretty well. If you've had a chance to look at the Nassau County map, you know that not only is the New York State and the New York City area being hit hard, but we are one of the hottest counties around. And if you take a closer look at our area here, the area of Hicksville, uh, Levittown, East Meadow, Uniondale, Freeport, Hempstead, they're um, areas where the virus has spread significantly. And it's just a reminder that we want to challenge you and encourage you to listen to our authorities to follow the restrictions that they've placed and to stay at home as much as possible. We realize that many of you are needing to go out 
but um, please honor what they're asking us to do so that we can put an end uh, to this virus or slow it down at least until a time that we can find a cure or at least until we can find some way to make our way through this. And with that in mind, uh, every one of those numbers on a map and every one of those figures that gives us tells us that there's people out of work, there's people that are sick, there's people that are in need of help. And so we have been challenging you to pray. We've been asking you to be a part of uh, the church's prayer ministry in keeping in touch with people, finding out what their needs are, and praying for those people. And so with that in mind, I want to begin this morning with just a word of prayer, asking for God to help us during this troubling time. Father, I thank you for the people of Gateway Church, and I thank you for the people that are part of your church throughout this land. I pray especially, Father, this morning for the New York City metro area. We have been heavily hit, and it is affecting everything from the well-being of our citizens to the um, economic um, ability for us to even put food on the table. We're thankful for what our government is doing, but we're calling on you this morning, Father, to give us the strength to face whatever comes our way, to bring help and healing to those that are in need, and to be using your spirit to go forth across this land to call us back to you. I ask, Father, for your blessing upon those that are on the front lines, for our first responders in the fire departments, in the police departments, for the nurses and for the doctors, for those that are manning the checkouts at our uh, stores and stocking the shelves, for those that are providing electricity and internet and all the things that we deem necessary to make life go on. I'm asking, Father, for your blessing, even on the many that I'm forgetting to mention this morning. I ask, Father, that you would call us to yourself and help us in this time of trouble. And we ask this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have been taking a look at uh, how we function um, in the midst of a troubling time, in the midst of an absolutely crazy time. Uh, I have some things that in my mind have been riveted there ever since I saw them that come from my love of history and my love of reading about what has happened before and watching documentaries about what has happened before. And when I saw this next picture uh, a number of years ago on one of the documentaries on the war in the Pacific, it broke my heart, it moved me, it made me ask a lot of questions about uh, what this young girl had gone through. Uh, the short video clip that this photograph is a part of uh, came at the end of the battle for Okinawa. It was a battle where over 100,000 Japanese soldiers had lost their lives and over 12,000 U.S. soldiers had lost their lives. Tens of thousands of others were wounded. And over a third of the population of the civilians on Okinawa had lost their lives as well. And in this particular video, the, there is an American soldier who lays down his rifle and takes out his canteen and offers a drink of water to this girl who had been through the ordeal. She was trembling, she was shaking, she was wondering if she could even trust this man that was giving her a drink of water, and it just broke my heart. There's another time in history when we see the um, bombing of Dresden. U.S. and British forces had devastated uh, this in a nighttime bombing over the course of days. Uh, we find that uh, over 25,000 citizens had lost their lives, many others were wounded, injured, uh, 
difficult, difficult times. And this was just one city out of the many that were bombed during World War II. Uh, another thing that goes way back in history a little bit is, is that uh, illnesses are not new to the current millennia. In 1793, there was a yellow fever outbreak uh, in the city of Philadelphia. It would eventually spread to New York and Boston and all of the coastal cities. Um, but there was over one in ten citizens that had died. But the thing that was significant about this is, is that like the problem that we're having today, it was brought about because of the international trade and, and the international movement of people. And so ships were able to go from England to Africa and from Africa to the islands in the Caribbean and from the Caribbean back up here. And with it came yellow fever, which had never been known in this area before. It was devastating. Uh, it was interesting to read about some of the things that went on. Doctors pitted against each other. It was interesting. One of the things that's been happening in our press conference is, is the um, news media has been asking the president if he's going to um, listen to the doctors that are on his team. And he certainly has been listening to them. But the thing that was is interesting in a crisis like this is the doctors can't always agree. And we found that in 1793, there were those that were contagious, others that were anti-contagious. There were some that believed in quarantine, others that were anti-quarantine. Uh, there were those that wished the federal government could do more, but the federal government said that it couldn't do any more. And the battles and the fights went on, but people died and people went sick. So what do you do, whether it's at the end of a war or after a bombing or during an illness that's brought by some tick-borne disease or some mosquito-borne disease or some contagion that is passed from person to person. I want to take a look at a passage of scripture that is very unique to the Old Testament scriptures. And I love the Old Testament scriptures because they're brutally honest. They're brutally honest about the things that happened to them and why they happened to them. They weren't afraid to talk about God's involvement in them and what God might be trying to say to them, what God was trying to communicate to them as a people. And in the life of Jeremiah, uh, ministering during a time when God was bringing a severe judgment upon his people, war had come to their city of Jerusalem, war had uh, taken them captive, many of the top people of the city had been taken to Babylon, uh, the rest were left to fend for themselves in a war-torn land and in a broken area. And God had called Jeremiah to minister to the people that were left behind. They hadn't always been receptive to his ministry. Jeremiah had been bringing them the challenges of the Word of God, and they hadn't often been listening to it. But when we get to the end of uh, the uh, scriptures, we find uh, this description of the city of Jerusalem, very much like the city of New York today. How deserted lies the city, once so full of people. How like a widow is she, who once was so great among the nations. She who was queen among the provinces has now become a slave. And uh, we find that one of the other things that had happened is, is that things had gotten so bad that the people had lost their song. And we haven't gotten to that place yet. Uh, we hear of the Italians singing from their balconies. Uh, we hear of concerts being brought online for those people in the United States. But in the city... Of Jerusalem it says that joy has gone from our hearts our dancing has torn turned into mourning the crown has fallen from our head and woe to us 
for we have sinned. And it wasn't just the people in Jerusalem that were broken. Those that had been taken captive to Babylon had lost their song as well. And we find in Psalm 137 this lament. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? And so what do you do when the city is devastated? What do you do when the city lies deserted? One of the things that was interesting on one news channel that I was watching over the last few days, uh, they were showing what the city of New York looked like now that people were told to stay at home and stay away and there were empty parks and empty streets. They're shutting down um, service on many of the schedules on the Long Island Railroad and others because ridership is down over 70%. And with all of this, the city is falling into a slumber and a quietness, and it's deserted. And people are getting a little bit scared. They're getting desperate. And so what do we do? And what I want to tell you is, is that there's a beautiful little passage that comes in the middle of Jeremiah's lamentation about what had happened to the city of Jerusalem. For five chapters, he goes on with lament after lament for how bad things are. But in the middle of it is a gem of hope that is given for all people at any time if they'll only look to the things that God is trying to do for them. And what I'm asking you to do today, in the midst of whatever's going on with you and the pandemic and the coronavirus uh, circumstances we find ourselves in, is we need to call to mind the promises of God. And that's what the writer of Lamentations is asking us to do, and we're going to take a look at that for just a few minutes this morning. The first thing that we find is, is that God offers hope for the downcast soul. If you're feeling any sense of fear, any sense of uncertainty, if you're one of those that has lost work or lost job, or maybe even one of those that knows someone that's sick or is sick yourself, God has hope for the downcast soul. And we find this call in the book of Lamentations. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. He was depressed. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And that's what people in the United States are trying to figure out, is how do you find hope in the midst of all of this? Uh, I don't want to put this down too much, but in many ways this is a light touch compared to the times that war has devastated a nation and devastated an economy. We're hoping that this is going to be over in a short time, that we're going to find some treatments, possibly some vaccines, maybe even a cure, and that this will just be a story that we can tell our kids and our grandkids. But in the meantime, we're going through it, and we are distressed, and there are many people that are depressed. And I'm asking you to take a look at what God has done for us in the need to call to Him and look to Him for hope. Uh, the second thing that we find in this passage is, is that God's blessings are new every morning. And we find in the book of Lamentations that it states that because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. And there's some interesting things that it's asking us to do in the midst of a troubled time, in a time when the city seems to lie deserted around us because of whatever devastation has come upon it. The first thing is, is to remember that his compassions don't fail. 
His love is for us and not against us. And we're going to talk about that at the end of the message today. But God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. This is the season of Lent. We're going to be probably meeting via video during Palm Sunday and Easter, uh, two of the great celebrations of the Church of Jesus Christ. But it's all about Jesus dying to pay for the sins of mankind and overcoming the grave. Death has no grip on him, and because it had no grip on Jesus, it has no grip on us. It removes the fear. But because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, and his compassions don't fail. And you need to look to Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. The second thing is, is that the prophet says that these blessings and compassions are new every morning. I am an advocate for waking up fresh every morning and saying, God, what is in store for me today? But before I even I begin, I want to thank you for what you've already done. You allowed Jesus to die for the sins that I have committed and the sins of this world. We confess them to you. We ask for your help and your forgiveness. And Father, what worked for me yesterday is going to work anew and afresh for me today. And then the other thing is, as I see God's blessings and his compassion new every morning just by looking out my window, I love spring. And I take joy in going out and seeing what God is doing in the recreating of the winter deadness. That the flowers are now blooming and the daffodils are opening up and the crocuses have done their thing. The grape hyacinths and the hyacinths are starting to bloom in the garden. And the leaves are coming out on the trees as they bud and they blossom. We need to go out each morning and give thanks to God for the things that He's done. A day like today when we're filming... Um, it's just beautiful with its sunshine and with its warmth of spring. And I hope that you're somebody who can see that God's blessings are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. And then, let the Lord be your portion. And what that means is, is that even though everything around me doesn't look right, I'm going to wait for Him to do His thing in His time. Uh, that's why in the Lord's Prayer, we've been challenged to say, Lord, not my will be done, but yours be done, on earth as it is in heaven. We seek God's will, and we wait for God's will. We may look in amazement and say, God, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to tell us? I'm a firm believer that if God's trying to teach us something through this, he will make it plain, he'll reveal it to us. If he's trying to teach you something personally, I ask you to get on your knees before God and say, God, what am I supposed to learn? And he'll tell you. He'll reveal it through his word. He'll reveal it through the scriptures. He'll reveal it through the people that you share with and interact with. But don't be afraid to wait on God. And when we call to mind the promises of God, it's not just a matter of seeking hope for a downcast soul and knowing that his blessings are new every morning, but realize this, that God has shown compassion for his people. And as the prophet went on in this passage, he says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he was young. It's interesting that during this time, uh, we're told that the young can handle this illness a lot better than the older people. And the reality is, is that many of them have it, have gotten over it, and are ready to move on. Uh, and it's good to bear the yoke that God places upon us when we're young, because it gets wearying when you get a little bit older. But know this, 
that the Lord is good to those who hope in Him and to those who seek Him. Have you been seeking Him through all of this, or are you still running from Him? My challenge is, is that as God has given you a few more minutes, He's taken away the sports, He's taken away some of the entertainment, TV, I've talked to people, they're already getting weary of what they're watching on TV. You can only watch so much of it. Take this time to seek God. Take this time to reinvigorate your prayer life. Take this time to commune with Him, and you'll find that His blessings and His compassion are incredible. He goes on to say that no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though He brings grief, He will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. You may wonder what God's trying to communicate to mankind and what he's trying to accomplish. There is nothing greater than this promise that has been given to us in Scripture, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. That's what this season is really all about. This season is about the love of God for His creation. That He loved it so much that He was willing to give His Son to die on the cross to pay the penalty for the sins of mankind. America doesn't like to talk about their sinfulness. As a matter of fact, every time a trial comes along, don't dare think that it's God having anything to do with trying to call us, wake us up, judge us, do anything like that. But I would say to you that it doesn't matter what it is. Use it as an opportunity to say, God, what are you trying to tell me? And I know this, God is shouting to you, I love you and I want to forgive your sins. Take this opportunity to look to Jesus and say, Jesus, my life hasn't been what it was supposed to be. My life doesn't measure up to you as a holy creator and a holy God. I'm ready to come back to you. <clears throat> my life needs the love of God. I want to go back to this passage for just a minute that it talks about His unfailing love. God's love is an incredible love. It's not like the love of mankind that tends to grow cold. I was reading in the prophecies that were given by Jesus in Matthew 24 and it talks about a time when mankind's love for each other is going to grow cold. I'm thankful for the love that I've seen man showing to one another during this troubled time. Uh, but God has an unfailing love for His people. God has an unfailing love for those that seek Him. And it's all about this love that was shown to us in the giving of the gift of Jesus Christ on the cross. Will you accept that love from Him today? God has told us that if we would just say, God, I put my trust in You, He'll forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. If we'll confess our sins, if we'll repent of them and say we're done with them and we want to turn away and do that which is right. So here's what we're asking you to do this morning. If you're struggling about how to deal with the downcast soul that you're experiencing, the depression that creeps in, uh, I hope that you will be one that calls to mind the promises of God. He offers hope to the downcast soul. His blessings are new every morning. And I love the testimonies of many of you. Uh, we asked you last week to take the time to call somebody in the church and be an encouragement to them. And when we asked that, I never realized how many people would call me and say, Pastor, how are you doing? I've been praying for you, and I've been, I, I want to be an encouragement to you. 
And I thank you for that, and I hope you'll continue to do that. And keep a journal of the people you speak with, and if they have prayer requests, write them down, and pray for those people that you make contact with. Seek to do good in the midst of all of this. We challenged our home groups that met this week via Zoom online, and we challenged them uh, to put a $20 bill in their pocket and carry it around with you. And if there's somebody that needs help with groceries or somebody that just needs a cup of coffee, um, give it to them. And we're going to continue to see this go on for a number of weeks. Uh, we don't know how long the New York metro area is being hit very, very hard. Um, we're hoping that some of this that we hear internationally that there's a peak that will come and then it'll start to decline. But while we're in the midst of it, um, seek to reach out to others, seek to pray for others, and seek to come to God for your hope. He has an unfailing love for you. It's a love that was shown to us in Jesus Christ and it's not just there for you today, but it's going to be there tomorrow and the next day. And if you're in the midst of a troubled time, if you're one of the ones that has lost work or is having trouble paying the bills, um, one of the things that I love about an old message that I heard years ago by uh, Tony Campola, uh, he said very often we tend to look at the world through the eyes of Friday. Jesus, uh, dead on the cross. But when it's Friday, Sunday's and the disciples didn't have a clue the blessings that would be theirs when they got up Sunday morning. That Jesus Christ would be risen from the dead and gone from the grave. That he would be handing victory to the church of Jesus Christ. And the keys of heaven would be given to them. And we have an opportunity to share that hope with others. It may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. It may be a dark, despairing time for some of you. But look to God, wait for him. Find your hope in Him. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for those that are listening uh, through this video. Father, I pray that they might take a look at what the prophet has said in Lamentations chapter 3. And that they would find that there is a God who loves them with all of His heart. And He's seeking to reach out to them in the person of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that we would learn to wait for you in the midst of troubled times. I pray that we would learn to hope in you, and I pray that we would learn to seek you during this time. Father, you've called us to set aside many things. I pray, Father, that we would take hold of what is there for us, the Word of God, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the prayer life of the saints of Jesus. May we make a difference for you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.